Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have, well, let's see, it's not on the drop-down. It's a tab at the top called Lesson Sign-Up. And there you can sign up to receive a daily excellent email uh, that includes both the text reading as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This calls Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we uh, will complete our reading of Chapter 23, the War Against Yourself, by reading Section 4, Salvation Without Compromise, and Section 5, Fear of Life. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 256. God is the only goal I have today. God is the only goal I have today. My goodness sakes, I was so happy to find this poem. Uh, from Yuli K. called It Was You. I just really love to open the call with this this morning in that holy place. I came to you with my wounds and you saw my worthiness. I came to you with my broken and brittle and you saw my beautiful I came to you with walls so high, I thought no one would ever dare to climb them. You told me you only saw mountains that had yet to be moved, and so you moved them. I felt alone. You invited me in. It was cold, and you held out your hands like a fire, and I began to understand that there was nowhere I could go, nowhere I could run to where your presence would not be made known. You were in my deep waters, my unknown places, my breathless void. It was you. All along, it was you. God is the only goal I have today. Amen. Thank you for that. That was beautiful. Thank you, Lori. Made me cry. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you, Laurie. That was lovely. Yeah, what an expression of the heart, huh? So anyway, my friends, here's our reading list today. We have Lemoyne, Jennifer, Karen, Robin Marie, and Lana. And this morning, Ida and Harrison and Mindy are joining us, listening. And Mindy will reflect on our lesson at the top of the hour. Uh, who else has joined? Would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Morning. This is Sandra. I can read. Thanks, Sandra. Anyone else? Hello. This is uh, yeah. Sorry. This is Jessica. I can read too. Oh, thanks, Jessica. Okay. <clears throat> So, here we go again, finishing today in Chapter 23, The War Against Yourself, starting with Section 4, 
And we'll read right through uh, both 4 and 5, okay? Uh, so section 4, Salvation Without Compromise. Beginning at paragraph 41. Is it not true you do not recognize some forms of attack can take, some forms attack can take? If it is true and any form will hurt you and will do just as much as in another form which you do recognize, then it must follow that you do not always recognize the source of pain. Attack in any form is equally destructive. Its purpose does not change. Its sole intent is murder. And what form of murder serves to cover the massive guilt and frantic fear of punishment the murderer must feel? He may deny he is a murderer and justify his savagery with smiles as he attacks. Yet he will suffer and will look on his intent in nightmares where the smiles are gone and where the purpose rises to meet his horrified awareness and pursue him still. For no one thinks of murder and escapes the guilt the thought entails. If the intent is death, what matter the form it takes? That was a bit rocky, but um, from there we'll ask for more to read. Thanks. Oh, you're good, Lori. Okay. Chapter 23, The War Against Yourself. Section 4, Salvation Without Compromise. Is it not true you do not recognize some of the forms attack can take? If it is true, attack in any form will hurt you and will do so just as much as in another form which you do recognize, then it must follow that you do not always recognize the source of pain. Attacking any form is equally destructive. Its purpose does not change. Its sole intent is murder, and what form of murder serves to cover the massive guilt and frantic fear of punishment the murderer must feel? He may deny he is a murderer and justify his savagery with smiles as he attacks, Yet he will suffer and will look on his intent in nightmares where the smiles are gone and where the purpose rises to meet his horrified awareness and pursue him still. For no one thinks of murder and escapes the guilt the thought entails. If the intent is death, what matter the form it takes? Is death in any form, however lovely and charitable it may seem to be, a blessing and a sign the voice for God speaks through you to your brother? The wrapping does not make the gift you give. An empty box, however beautiful and gently given, still contains nothing. And neither the receiver nor the giver is long deceived. Withhold forgiveness from your brother, and you attack him. You give him nothing, and receive of him but what you gave. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Jennifer. 42. Is death in any form, 
however lovely and charitable it may seem to be, a blessing and a sign the voice for God speaks to you, to your brother. The wrapping does not make the gift you give an empty box, however beautiful and gently given, still contains nothing. And neither the receiver nor the giver is long deceived. Withhold forgiveness from your brother and you attack him. You give him nothing and receive of him but what you gave. Salvation is no compromise of any kind. To compromise, excuse me, salvation is no compromise of any kind. To compromise is to accept but part of what you want. To take little and give up the rest. Salvation gives up nothing. It is complete for everyone. But the idea of compromise but enters and the awareness of salvation's purpose is lost because it is not recognized. It is denied what compromise has been accepted. For compromise is to believe salvation is impossible. It would maintain you you can attack a, a little, love a little, and know the difference. Thus, it would teach a little of the, of the same can still be different, and yet the same remaining task is one. Does this make sense? Can it be understood? Thank you, Jennifer and Karen. Forty-three. Salvation is no compromise of any kind. To compromise is to accept but part of what you want. To take a little and give up the rest. Salvation gives up nothing. It is complete for everyone. Let the idea of compromise but enter and the awareness of salvation's purpose is lost because it is not recognized. It is denied where compromise has been accepted. For compromise is the belief salvation is impossible. It would maintain you can attack a little, love a little, and know the difference. Thus it would teach a little of the same can still be different. And yet the same remain intact as one. Does this make sense? Can it be understood? 44. The course is easy just because it makes no compromise. Yet it seems difficult to those who still believe that compromise is possible. They do not see that if it is, salvation is attack. Yet it is certain the belief that salvation is impossible cannot uphold a quiet, calm assurance, it has come. Forgiveness cannot be held, excuse me, forgiveness cannot be withheld a little, nor is it possible to attack for this and love for that and understand forgiveness. 
Would you not want to recognize assault upon your peace in any form? If only thus does it become impossible that you lose sight of it. It can be kept shining before your vision, forever clear and never out of sight, if you defend it not. Thank you, Karen. And Robin Marie. 44. This course is easy just because it makes no compromise. Yet it seems difficult to those who still believe that compromise is possible. They do not see that if it is, salvation is attack. Yet it is certain the belief that salvation is impossible cannot uphold a quiet, calm assurance. It has come. Forgiveness cannot be withheld a little. Nor is it possible to attack for this and love for that and understand forgiveness. Would you not want to recognize assault upon your peace in any form? If only thus does it become impossible that you lose sight of it. It can keep shining before your vision, forever clear and never out of sight, if you defend it not. 45. Those who believe that peace can be defended and that attack is justified on its behalf cannot perceive it lies within them. How could they know? Could they accept forgiveness side by side with the belief that murder takes some forms by which their peace is saved? Would they be willing to accept the fact their savage purpose is directed against themselves? No one who, no one unites with enemies nor is at one with them in purpose. And no one compromises with an enemy, but hates him still for what he kept from him. Thank you, Robin Marie and Lana. 45. Those who believe that peace can be defended and that attack is justified on its behalf cannot perceive it lies within them. How could they know? Could they accept forgiveness side by side with the belief that murder takes some forms by which their peace is saved? Would they be willing to accept the fact their savage purpose is directed against themselves? No one unites with enemies, nor is at one with them in purpose. And no one compromises with an enemy but hates him still for what he kept from him. 46. Mistake not truce for peace, nor compromise for the escape from conflict. To be released from conflict means that it is over. The door is open. You have left the battleground. 
You have not lingered there in cowering hope because the guns are still an instant and the fear that haunts the place of death is not apparent that it will not return. There is no safety in the battleground. You can look down on it in safety from above and not be touched, but from within it, you can find no safety. Not one tree left standing still will shelter you. Not one illusion of protection stands against the faith in murder. Here stands the body, torn between the natural desire to communicate and the unnatural intent to murder and to die. Think you the form that murder takes can offer safety? Can guilt be absent from a battlefield? In brackets, do not remain in conflict, for there is no war without attack. Oh, thank you, Lana. And Sandra, if you'd like to do that paragraph and then roll right into the next, please. Um, 46. Mistake not truce for peace, nor compromise for the escape from conflict. To be released from conflict means that it is over. The door is open. You have left the battleground. You have not lingered there in cowering hope because the guns are still an instant and the fear that haunts the place of death is not apparent that it will not return. There is no safety in a battleground. You can look down on it in safety from above and not be touched, but from within it, you can find no safety. Not one tree left standing still will shelter you. Not one illusion of protection stands against the faith in murder. Here stands the body, torn between the natural desire to communicate and the unnatural intent to murder and to die. Think you the form that murders, that murder takes, can offer safety? Can guilt be absent from a battlefield? Do not remain in conflict, for there is no war without attack. Chapter 23, The War Against Yourself. Part 5, The Fear of Life. 47, The fear of God is fear of life and not of death. Yet he remains the only place of safety. In him is no attack and no illusion in any form. Sorry. In him is no attack and no illusion in any form. Stocks heaven. Heaven is wholly true. No difference enters, and what is all the same cannot conflict. You are not asked to fight against your wish to murder, 
but you are asked to realize the form it takes conceals the same intent. And it is this you fear, and not the form. What is not love is murder. What is not loving must be an attack. Every illusion is an assault on truth, and everyone does violence to the idea of love because it seems to be of equal truth. Thank you, Sandra. And Jessica. Thanks, Marie. 47. The fear of God is fear of life and not of death. Yet he who remains the only Yet he remains the only place of safety. In him is no attack and no illusion in any form stalks heaven. Heaven is wholly true. No difference enters. And what is all the same cannot conflict. You are not asked to fight against your wish to murder. But you are asked to realize the form it takes conceals the same intent. And it is this you fear and not the form. What is not love is murder. What is not loving must be attack. Every illusion is an assault on truth. And everyone does violence to the idea of love because it seems to be of equal truth. 48. What can, what can be equal to the truth yet different? Murder and love are incompatible. Yet if they both are true, then must they be the same and indistinguishable from one another. So will they be to those who see God's Son as a body. For it is not the body that is like the Son's creator, And what is lifeless cannot be the son of life. How can a body be extended to hold the universe? Can it create and be what it creates? And can it offer its creations all that it is and never suffer loss? Thank you, Jessica. And would there be a new reader for 4849? New reader for 48 and 49? Back to you, Lemoyne. What can be equal to the truth, yet different? Murder and love are incompatible. Yet if they both are true, then must they be the same and indistinguishable from one another? So will they be to those who see God's Son a body? For it is not the body that is like the Son's Creator. And what is lifeless cannot be the son of life. 
How can a body be extended to hold the universe? Can it create and be what it creates? And can it offer its creations all that it is and never suffer loss? God does not share his function with a body. He gave the function to create unto his son because it is his own. It is not simple to believe the function of the son is murder, but it is insanity. What is the same can have no different function. Creation is the means for God's extension, and what is his must be his son's as well. Either the father and the son are murderers, or neither is. Life makes not death, creating like itself. Thank you, Lemoyne and Jennifer. 49. God does not share his function with a body. He gave the function to create unto his son because it is his own. It is not sinful to believe the function of the son is murder, but it is insanity. What is the same can have no different function. What is the same can have no different function. Creation is the means for God's extension. And what is his must be his son's as well. Either the father and the son are murdered or neither is. Life makes not death, creating life itself. 50. The lovely light of your relationship is like the love of God. It cannot yet assume the holy function God gave his son. For your forgiveness of one another is not complete as yet. And so it, it cannot be extended to all creation. Each form of murder and attack that still attracts, attracts you and that you do not recognize for what it is, limits the healing and the miracle you have the power to extend to all. Yet does the Holy Spirit understand how to increase your little gifts and make them mighty. Also, He understands how your relationship is raised above the battleground in it no more. This is your part to realize that murder in any form is not your will. The overlooking of the battleground is now your purpose. (laughs) Thank you, Jennifer. And let's see, Karen. The holy light of your relationship is like the love of God. It cannot yet assume the holy function God gave his son. For your forgiveness of one another is not complete as yet. 
and so it cannot be extended to all creation. Each form of murder and attack that still attracts you and that you do not recognize for what it is limits the healing and the miracles you have power to extend to all. Yet does the Holy Spirit understand how to increase your little gifts and make them mighty. Also, he understands how your relationship is raised above the battleground. In it no more. This is your part to realize that murder in any form is not your will. The overlooking of the battleground is now your purpose. 51. Be lifted up and from a higher place look down upon it. From there your perspective will be quite different. Here in the midst of it, it does seem real. Here you have chosen to be a part of it. Here, murder is your choice. Yet from above, the choice is miracles instead of murder. And the perspective coming from this choice shows you the battle is not real and easily escaped. Bodies may battle, but the clash of forms is meaningless. And it is over when you realize it never was begun. How can a battle be perceived as nothingness when you engage in it? How can the truth of miracles be recognized if murder is your choice? Thank you, Karen. And Robin Marie. 51. Be lifted up and from a higher place look down upon it. From there will your perspective be quite different. Here in the midst of it, it does seem real. Here you have chosen to be part of it. Here murder is your choice. Yet from above, the choice is miracles instead of murder. And the perspective coming from this choice shows you the battle is not real and easily escaped. Bodies may battle but the clash of forms is meaningless, and it is over when you realize it never was begun. How can a battle be perceived as nothingness when you engage in it? How can the truth of miracles be recognized if murder is your choice? 52. When temptation to attack rises to make your mind dark and murderous, Remember, you can see the battle from above. Even in forms you do not recognize, signs you know there is a stab of pain, a twinge of guilt, and above all, a loss of peace. This you know well. When it occurs, leave not your place on high, but quickly choose a miracle instead of murder. And God himself and all the lights of heaven will gently lean to you and hold you up, for you have chosen to remain where he would have you, and no illusion can attack the peace of God together with his son. Oh boy. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Lana. 
52. When the temptation to attack rises to make your mind darkened and murderous, remember you can see the battle from above. Even in forms you do not recognize, the signs you know, there is a stab of pain, a twinge of guilt, and above all, a loss of peace. This you know well. When it occurs, leave not your place on high, but quickly choose a miracle instead of murder. And God himself and all the lights of heaven will gently lean to you. Hello? And God himself and all the lights of heaven will gently lean to you and hold you up. For you have chosen to remain where he would have you. And no illusion can attack the peace of God together with his son. 53. See no one from the battleground. For there you look on him from nowhere. You have no reference point from where to look. Where meaning can be given what you see. For only bodies can or could, for only bodies could attack and murder. And if this is your purpose, then you must be one with them. Only a perfect purpose unifies, and those who share a purpose have a mind as one. The body has no purpose and must be solitary. From below. It cannot be surmounted. From above, the limits it exerts on those in battle still are gone and not perceived. The body stands between the Father and the heaven he created for his Son because it has no purpose. Thank you, Lana. And Sandra. See no one from the battleground, for there you look on him from nowhere. You have no reference point from where to look, where meaning can be given, what you see. For only bodies could attack and murder. And if this is your purpose, then you must be one of them. Only a purpose unifies and those who share a purpose have a mind as one. The body has no purpose and must be solitary. From below, it cannot be surmounted. From above, the limits it exerts on those in battle still are gone and not perceived. The body stands between the Father and the heaven he created for his Son because it has no purpose. 54. Think what is given those who share their Father's purpose and who know that it is theirs. They want for nothing. Sorrow of any kind is inconceivable. Only the light they love is in awareness, and only love shines upon them forever. It is, it is their past, their present, and their future, always the same, eternally complete, and wholly shared. 
They know it is impossible their happiness could ever suffer change of any kind. Perhaps you think the battleground can offer something that you can win. Can it be anything that offers you a perfect calmness and a sense of love so deep and quiet that no touch of doubt can ever mar your certainty and that will last forever? Thank you, Sandra. And Jessica. Thanks. I'm glad I get to read this paragraph. 54. Think what is given those who share their father's purpose and who know that it is theirs. They want for nothing. Sorrow of any kind is inconceivable. Only the light they love is in awareness, and only love shines upon them forever. It is their past, their present, and their future, always the same, eternally complete, and wholly shared. They know it is impossible their happiness could ever suffer change of any kind. Perhaps you think the battleground can offer something that you can win. Can it be anything that offers you a perfect calmness and a sense of love so deep and quiet that no touch of doubt can ever mar your certainty and that will last forever? 55. Those with the strength of God in their awareness could never think of battle. What could they gain but loss of their perfection? For everything fought for on the battleground is of the body, something it seems to offer or to own. No one who knows that he has everything could seek for limitation, nor could he value the body's offerings. The senselessness of conquest is quite apparent from the quiet sphere above the battleground. What can conflict with everything? And what is there that offered less, yet could be wanted more? Who, with the love of God upholding him, could find the choice of miracles or murder hard to make? Thank you, Jessica. And would there be a new reader that would like to complete this morning with paragraph 55? All right, anyone who would like to read paragraph 55? Judy. I could do it. Hi. All right. Thank you. Those with the strength of God and their awareness could never think of battle. What could they gain but the loss of their perfection? For everything fought for on the battleground is of the body, something it seems to offer or to own. No one who knows that he has everything could seek for limitation, nor could he value the body's offerings. The senselessness of conquest 
is quite apparent from the quiet sphere above the battleground. What can conflict? What can conflict with everything? <laughs> and what is there that offers less yet could be wanted more? Who, with the love of God, upholding him, could find the choice of miracles or murder hard to make? Amen. Thank you. Oh, amen. Thank you, everyone, who lent their voices to this beautiful reading this morning. And um, Fran is away uh, caring for others this morning, and so Mindy has volunteered to lead our lesson reflection. So, Mindy, um, I'm so grateful you offered to do that today. Please go ahead. Yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> Today we are in the second card workbook, and our topic for these last few days, the next, is what is sin? Sin is insanity. It is a means by which the mind is driven mad and seeks to let illusion take the place of truth. And being mad, it sees illusion as where the truth should be and where it really is. The body is the instrument the mind made in its striving to deceive itself. Its purpose is to strive. Yet can the will of striving change? And now the body serves a different aim of striving. What it seeks for now is chosen by the aim mind is taking as replacement for the goal self-deception. Truth can be its aim as well as life. The senses then will seek instead witnesses to what is true. A madman's dreams are frightening and sin appears indeed to terrify. And yet what sin perceives is but a childish game. The Son of God may play he has become a body, pray evil and to guilt, with but a little life that ends in death. But all the while, the Father shines on him and loves him with an everlasting love which his pretenses cannot change at all. Shall we not put away these sharp-edged children's toys? How soon will you be ready to come home? Perhaps today? There is no sin. Creation is unchanged. Would you so hold return to heaven back? How long, Son of God, how long? Perhaps today? And moving on to the lesson, lesson 256, God is the only goal I have today. <clears throat> the way to God is through forgiveness here. There is no other way. If sin had not been cherished by the mind, 
what need would there have been to find a way to where you are? Who would still be uncertain? Who could be unsure of who he is? And who would yet remain asleep in heavy clouds of doubt about the holiness of him who God created sinless? Here we can but dream. But we can dream we have forgiven him in whom all sin remains impossible. And it is this we choose to dream today. God is our goal. Forgiveness is the means by which our minds return to him at last. And so, our Father, we come to you in your appointed way. We have no goal except to hear your voice and find the way your sacred word has pointed out to us. Let's reflect on this for five minutes.
Today's lesson number 256. God is the only goal I have today. Amen. Thank you, Mindy. And I have a sense there's something you want to share about that lesson this morning. Oh, you are very right. <laughs> very right. Um, you know, I noticed as I, I took responsibility for, for reading it that there's a little fear coming up that I wouldn't embody the goal, you know, embody it as I'm speaking it. And of course, you know, that brought a little bit of separation from my heart and myself. Um, but this thing about the way to God is through forgiveness. Um, there is no other way. And the one sentence about here, I didn't quite read it in the way that I think it was meant. If sin had not been cherished by the mind, what need would there have been to find a way to where you are? I think to me that talks about what need would there be for the Holy Spirit to find a way to where I am. Um, If I had not cherished sin, I would already be in the presence, but there's a need for the Holy Spirit to come to me and bring me back to myself. Um, If I had not cherished the illusion, how, how could I be uncertain of who I am? How could I be unsure? And why would I want to remain asleep if I knew that without my illusion, I would have the total awareness, an awareness of God's presence, and I wouldn't need my senses to, 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 to notice things. Um, it says sin has given eyes to the body. But who would need senses? when we are free of illusion, we are just pure awareness. And when we know that we are sinless and we remove all the blocks to love's presence, there is no more judgment because there's no more perception. It's just an awareness. And it's impossible to comprehend how we don't lose anything, but we become one with everything without feeling separate but still have our identity. But that is the truth. And forgiveness is giving grace and pardon to all those things that we felt have per- permanently gotten the way of our experience of God, that we feel we've been harmed. And if we're harmed, then certainly we're guilty. And how can we join God? So I just love, you know, I, I love and am afraid of the statement, forgiveness is the only way to God. Because sometimes forgiveness is beyond me. But all I have to do is have a little bit of willingness to be shown what it is. And I know that it will be the most peaceful, loving, joyous thing I could have. And that I'm safe. When I forgive, I hold on to injury so that I won't, you know, I'll be on guard to have it happen again. But with the Holy Spirit and with the right true perception and allowing the dream to be a happy dream of knowing love and peace, and realizing nothing has harmed me, I am whole and complete, and just as able to receive God and love as I was before this injury. I can truly let go of the path. So that's where my mind is going with it. It's getting a little bit heady, but I'm just so willing to have God be my only goal and to realize that nothing has happened to prevent me from experiencing my good and experiencing that love and that peace. So the forgiveness in the dream, it is possible And I'm willing to have the Holy Spirit show me how to do it and do it through me. 
<clears throat> Are you complete no. here? And and no doing this beats that. Having having that loving dream of forgiveness, that loving peace, and having that be the only thing important today will make everything that I do a dream of love and a joy. So the to-do list is goodbye, and how I hold my context of my day and how I let love in is my goal today. God is my only goal today. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mindy. I am willing for Holy Spirit to show me how. It's beautiful. Mindy, that was so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, and thank you for doing the lesson. Thank you, Mindy. You're welcome. Yes, well done. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, it's Robin Marie. Uh, I'm uh, thinking about forgiveness in terms of um, this, uh, call him stepmother. Um, She's only like eight years older than I am, but um, was uh, brought back to a time when I was in the hospital with an appendicitis that turned out to be an ovary that had burst, but they took out the appendix anyway. And I was in the part of the hospital because they had no beds in the other part, in the part where they put uh, people with mental problems. And I stood up and walked into the hallway because I heard my dad and my mom talking And Kathleen, who is the stepmother, uh, had tried to commit suicide at the same time that I had that operation. And um, I just was witness to these three people in the hallway. And um, I recall my sister saying that, you know, recently, like the last conversation I had with her, that she was crying because she felt sad for my mother. And she said that a lot of people, a lot of men of that generation had mistresses. And she didn't understand why my dad couldn't just have had a mistress and not, you know, put my mother through so much anguish. And when I saw in my mind the memory of my dad and mom and this woman standing in the hallway, I thought, yeah, that's why, because this woman was going to kill herself. <laughs> so my mother probably said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm out of this trio. I don't like this trio, and I'm out of it. And I thought, well, maybe I could share that with my sister, but then I thought, no, it probably wouldn't help her. And here my mother-in-law, Kathleen, is undergoing, undergoing very serious radiation because she has a cancer between her throat and her, uh, and her heart. And I am wondering, you know, what I can possibly do for her 
to express any kind of, uh, I don't know, love for her. I mean, what, you know, so the Holy Spirit is definitely going to have to show me because I, I don't hate her, but I am not filled with an outpouring of love for her either. So that's got to come directly from source because, you know, certainly I cannot manufacture that and I don't want to do anything that would be hypocritical or insincere when she's experiencing this radiation treatment. I'm complete. (laughs) Thank Thank you, you, Robert Marie. (laughs) I appreciate listening. (laughs) Of course. Thank you, Robin Marie. With your willingness, you will be shown. Um, There's just no doubt about it. Thank, Thank you, Robin Marie. Good morning, it's Karen. Um, just, I just had a few thoughts about the battleground and rising above the battleground. I had a beautiful meditation this morning that God is the only goal I want, and I thought, God is the only goal I want for my life. Forget this day. I mean, everything that happens during the day is nothing, you know, walking in life. But all of life is dedicated to God. God is all I want. And um, then in between the, the lesson call and the text call, I made a phone call. And I just wanted to make an appointment at the dentist for a cleaning, no big deal. And I felt uh, they put me on hold. And the music was really annoying, and I sat on hold for five minutes and then hung up. But I was like, wow, look at that. The body has all this noise to make to interfere with my goal, that God is my only goal. Sometimes the body makes all that noise in aversion to other people. You know, like, I don't know why I don't like somebody or something someone says irritates me. I don't know why that is. But if I rise above the battleground, like, oh, yeah, that's just the body. I don't have to give it any importance. Yeah, the body has its irritations, but that's not me. I can rise above. I can rise above the battleground because God is the only thing I want. You know, the confusion was that I'm identified with this body and that I have to change what's happening and I have to feel loving, which would be nice. Don't get me wrong. I mean, to feel the love and the peace, I can go to the battleground and remember the love and the peace and let it, you know, come back to my physical body or my energy body awareness. But first I have to recognize um, this isn't me. This isn't what I want. This is, this is the interference and the falsehood that keeps um, me separate. From, from heaven. So I can rise above this and be in heaven. I can come to the place where I can look down and say the body is having a reaction. You know, let the body have the reaction I offer to the Holy Spirit. I put it on the altar. I will not identify with it. And at the same time, I can 
I can sort of lovingly attend to it because during meditation I was having this incredible pain in my hips. And I'm like, oh, I'm not the body. And then I thought, no, I will feel it. And I felt it. And instantly it moved to the TMJ in my jaw. It just like, as soon as I gave it the attention, it moved and something was released. So I feel like that's a that's being skillful. And I don't have skillful means all the time. But um, I'm hap- I, I'm, I want to learn that more and more. And compared to where I was a year ago when I started this call, so much has happened in the way of God's truth penetrating my mind and teaching me that I'm sure it will continue to happen. And um, I will rise above the battlefield of my illusions. And one of the biggest illusions is that I am this body and I am identified with this body. And I am not talking about the physical one. I'm talking about the emotional one. I'm complete. Thank you for letting me share that. Thanks, Karen. That was beautiful. Beautiful, Karen. Yeah, thank you, Karen. That was very helpful. Good point. Karen, thank you. So is God my only goal today? Thank you, Mindy. I think that's a question I have to keep asking myself over and over and over again today because if I'm really honest with myself my goal keeps shifting and while I may start out this morning with believing the idea that God is my only goal today. I recognize that throughout today, my goal shifts. And I start to focus on my so-called human goals, my body's goals, etc. But what this lesson is telling me is that if I want to get to God, then I have to remember God. All the time. I have to make a commitment to recognizing that the way to God is through forgiveness here. There is no 
starting with and if I want peace of mind, if I want happiness, if I want all of my problems solved, then I must make God my only goal. And if I'm serious about returning to the love of God, I must be serious about the means that would help me achieve that goal. When I hold grievances against myself or others, I am affirming that God is not my goal. When I hold grievances, I'm affirming that the ego is my goal, but not God. And grievances can be as innocuous as thinking that I can be sick. It can be believing that I can die. It is believing that I'm a body. And I can let go of those beliefs when I accept and believe that God is my only goal today. And I forgive myself for believing anything to the contrary. The lesson says that if sin had not been cherished by the mind, what need would there have been to find the way to where you are? But I have to understand what sin is. And for me, it is a belief that is contrary to God, a belief in anything else besides God. If God is my only goal. 
then sin will not be cherished by my mind. Who could be unsure of who he is? Who would yet remain asleep? if sin had not been cherished by my mind, if I recognized that through forgiveness, the Holy Spirit will awaken me from the dream of sin. And I come to realize that God is the only goal I have today. Jesus wants to help me make the ego thought system disappear. And I accept his help today. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. You're an angel. This is a beautiful, Harrison. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. Love you. Let's end it. Thank you, Harrison. So many uh, parts of that were very deep. Thank you. Oh. Well, this is a short chapter, but it was a good one, wasn't it? The war against yourself. Oh, boy. It's really a powerful chapter. I'm complete. You said it, Judy. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Judy, too. Um, I just... uh, I this morning being on the call with this chapter was really hard. So I'm gonna go through it on my own. Um again, um paragraph fifty, the love and light of the relationship is like the love of God. Um what a great paragraph. Um I uh I don't know if it was Robert Marie or Karen with the stepmom thing, but um I can relate and say that um, I had a, um, a resentment that I wasn't aware of, a grievance that Harrison was talking about, and um, it, I was unconscious to it for years, 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 and years, and then um, the more grounded I got into my body uh, and felt the pain that was in it, um, because of belief systems that were in place to keep, you know, that, that kind of supported it being there. Um, I, uh, and also the ego um, being the voice that I would hear most of the day. Um, uh, when pain would light up in my body, I would um, feel, feel resentment, anger. Uh, want to um, with with this um, family member, and I really struggled 
uh, with this, and I um I I just at one point I I got released uh, I think less than a year ago when I really started to just forgive myself and and forgive the other person and see how much love there is opposed to the darkness. <clears throat> and I asked for the truth. I really wanted to see the truth of this relationship. And what I got to was um, sometimes with people that are teaching me the biggest um, lessons, that I would call it like a holy relationship that's difficult, <laughs> Um, because it, it's the opportunity to really release belief systems and go back to true vision and truth. Um, that, um, oh gosh, I just thought what I was going to say. Oh my gosh. Anyways, um, I got healing. Oh, do, do I want to be happy or do I want to be right? <laughs> Even if it's a repeat offender. <laughs> So, um, not in this case, but <laughs> um, I also want to say that um, I, I love, I'm going to love my body. Um, and the ego coupled with the body is how I see this reading. The body is just a tool, um, a, a way of extension for me to create in this world or, you know, to be in the light or to be in dark as a tool. And it's just my, what, what voice am I listening to? The voice of God, that which I am, love, or the voice of darkness, that which I'm not and nobody else is. So um, I, I love my body more and more each day. And um, I extend that to you all. Take care of yourself. Be well. I'll pass. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. This is Jessica. Oh, somebody. Go for it. Complete. Okay. Um, um, yes. Oh, beautiful, beautiful reading. Um, I just wanted to highlight two things from the reading. In one paragraph, he says, withhold forgiveness from your brother and you attack him. That's pretty stark and pretty uh, uncompromising and, um, and helpful, too, because whenever I think I'm being sort of neutral or kind of middle ground, you know, not in the battleground and yet not in the forgiveness and love place, I'm fooling myself. I'm actually in a place of hate um, because I'm not forgiving whatever I think, um, well, I I hesitate to use the word uh, sin, but I think that is, you know, uh, on some level what I'm believing is that my brother has done something terrible me or around me or to someone I 
care about or to the world, and therefore I withhold forgiveness. Not cool. <laughs> it means I'm attacking him. And then later on, I don't. I didn't write down the paragraph. Um, later on, he says, "What is not love is murder," which is along the same lines. That's pretty stark and uncompromising, also. So, if if my goal is God, then it must be loving all the time. And every time I'm not loving and not at peace, I need to stop and ask myself what that's about. Um, He goes on to say, after what is not love is murder, what is not loving must be an attack. Every illusion is an assault on truth. And everyone does violence to the idea of love because it seems to be of equal truth. So if, if I'm accepting that an illusion is, is, is the truth, you know, which I, I ask myself sometimes when I read the news or watch, I like to watch, um, there's this great documentary about the history of Europe that, that's very, very interesting and, and unusual information that I hadn't seen before. But, you know, it's all illusion. So even though I'm entertained by it and I think it's interesting and, oh, wow, you know, I didn't know that about this and, you know, buildings, beautiful buildings. I mean, it's all illusion. So what matter is it, really? Um, In the evening when when I'm tired, I just like to be kind of relaxing and distracted from whatever. But... I wonder, you know, because I'm I'm indulging in in like kind of a uh what's the word? Uh, an orgy of illusion if I'm watching television or reading the news. <laughs> Which I like to do. I, I love to find out what happened. But it didn't it's not really happening. It's all illusion. So anyway, Every illusion is an assault on truth, and everyone does violence to the idea of love because it seems to be of equal truth. It just that's a that's a pretty wild and 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 powerful statement. Um, anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. You touched on some very important aspects of this reading for me. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jessica. Good morning, this is Sandra. And um, today my only goal is God. Um, and and we know that forgiveness is, is key here. That I'll never know God unless I can forgive and sometimes it's hard to get to that place of forgiveness. And the question here in God is the only goal I have today is, is, is uncertainty about who I am. Who could be unsure of who he is and who would yet remain asleep in heavy clouds of doubt about the holiness of him who God created sinless? So... 
the first order of business is for me to absolutely believe and integrate the truth of who I am. And that's always the, the, the glitch, <laughs> is that there's part, still parts of me, still very small parts of me, that don't believe that I am a cherished, completely healed and whole daughter of God that doesn't die. <laughs> and that's pur- that, that purpose is to be here on this planet to extend love, to communicate love. And one of the ways I do that if I can't get to the forgiveness because of the amount of integration I have done about the truth of who I am is I don't have any enemies. I definitely have situations and people that I'm challenged by, but I'm grateful for them. Maybe I can't get to the forgiveness, but I can get to the gratitude because of what they're doing for me. They're showing me the parts of myself that I still have to heal. That's their gift to me. They're showing me the parts of myself that I still that that still don't believe that I am a cherished daughter of God and I am completely whole and healed and that I'm not a body and that the only function for this body is to extend love and healing. And to be and, and I can't extend the love and the healing if I'm not it. If I haven't done that for myself, how can I possibly do it for another? So God is the only goal I have today. And I am so grateful for all the all those who people my life who bring me challenges. I'm complete. Oh, that was an excellent point, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Beautiful. Thank you, Sandra. Hoo-wee. Thank you, Sandra. I just want to say one thing, Judy. Wow. You know, my brother, my ego has made my brother my arch nemesis and as well as my support. And, oh, my God, in my mind, do I judge him and tell him you shouldn't be like this and you shouldn't be like that. And gosh darn it, do I then remember Jesus saying that when I judge someone else, there's no absolute doubt of any kind that whatever I'm judging them for, it is present in me and accounted for and active. (laughs) When you said, I'm so grateful for those people who are challenging me, I said, what are you nuts? (laughs) But then I realized that my brother's challenging me and he is actually showing me the things that I'm doing that are making me unhappy, that are blocking the truth. That I'm, he's showing me where I am putting my investment in illusions by my being able to be challenged by him and say he needs to be changed. This bothers me. I can see where I'm doing it, and that is what is keeping me from my awareness of God. Amen. Thanks, Mindy. And Judy? Oh, God, morning. God, glorious morning. 
of hearing all your shares. I, um, you know, the the text really just it it just starts singing to such a crescendo that, and you know, the the words above the battleground really really sink to my heart. You know that I, you know, I'm 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 in this world, but I'm not of it. Be of good cheer, and you know the glory. The glory, who seeks for glory finds it where it is. And that's where I find my glory is in God. That's why it's so easy and, and beautifully lovely um, and joyful for me to see God. And I was thinking, you know, this whole thing about the body, you know, you know, the Course t- tells us we can't deny that we have a body. It's just part of our existence. But it's certainly absolutely what we are not our bodies. And for me to accept the truth of how God created me, I have to deny what's not true about me, and that is that I am not the body. And the lessons go into it and over it and into it and over it again and again and again. So the acceptance of the truth of who I am goes hand in hand equally with the denial of what I am not. And I am not the body. This is merely a, you know, brush my teeth and take a bath and eat some oatmeal in the morning kind of an experience. And that's really the, the, the extent of the meaning that it has for me. You know, the, the turning my spirit and commending my spirit to my father is giving my father my full attention, that the attention that I'm giving my day to God means my mind is focused on God today. It's not focused on my body. It's not focused on the world. It's focused on God within me and on everything in the world as being a part of God. There's no place where God is not. This um, chapter is just so powerful. um, You know, that there's no compromise between what's true and false, that I'm not a body, and that I'm purely mind and spirit. You know, I gotta identify with the truth in me, or I'm just talking a whole lot about nothing all day. It says that, you know, illusions fight illusions. That's being on the battleground. I'm Judy in a body fighting um, Penny in a body, or or the dog, or you know, the garbage man, or the person on, you know, that discontinued my electricity because I didn't pay the bill. <laughs> it's like that's all illusion. I love the way you shared that. Um, Jessica, that, that, you know, this, we have to understand that this is a dream and we're on the stage playing roles and this is not who we are. That who we are is so much bigger and full of magnitude and greatness, innocence and purity and creative potential, infinite, limitless creative potential that, um, you know, heaven is where God created us to be in the unity of the state of grace that can't be touched, can't be hurt. And, you know, going on day to day, talking about how hurt I am, and it's, you know, it's all okay, but it's it's really meaningless. It's meaningless, and I think time is wasted, and we're wasting time. And I just love your Sherry Harrison about Christ wants us to be a celestial speed up. He speaks of it as the second coming of Christ, that we were all created equal to him, the same like him in qualities, in our qualities that were beings of love, love and understanding, tolerance and generosity, 
giving without taking, without wanting or needing anything, just giving, giving spiritual beings. Okay, this is who I am. I don't have to think about trying to be this way. This is how God created me. And it's easier to be the way God created me than it is to be any other way. It takes effort to be an ego because it's unnatural. It's like holding my fist clenched and the relaxing and letting go of the clenched fist, the one that wants to fight, the one that wants to judge. Letting go of the fight, cease fighting anybody or anything, cease resisting anything or anybody, the, the whole, you know, attack and defend, um, guilt and shame. Oh, boy. This this has been a really powerful chapter for me, and um, I get excited, and I talk too long, so I just, I, I'm glad um, and grateful to have a place of um, of like people who who share in, in their joy and and learning from this beautiful text. And, uh, and um, thank you, Lori and Lemoyne, for bringing it to us for us every day. I'm complete. Judy, a lot of good stuff. Mm, thank you, Judy. That was great. Thank you, Judy. This is Ida. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> Um, yeah, it's, I, I have sometimes extreme challenges, um, remembering that I'm not a body when my body's going through these, these sufferings or, or diseases, uh, while I'm in this rehab center and I'm in this hospital bed most of the day and night. And, uh, but I don't know what my point was in telling you about that, but I guess it's a response to what you were saying, Judy, about, about not being a body. Um, but, and it is, it's true what somebody said that, I think Jessica said, um, that it was, that this section is a, um, it's an extreme section in a way because it's very direct and very to to the point. And uh, I was kind of having trouble integrating the lesson today with the section that we read, but I think you helped me, Jessica, in, in what you explained about that and doing that. It's hard to put it into words, but I feel like I get it about if I'm not being loving to anything or anybody, I'm attacking. I'm not being loving to my body, I'm attacking my body, you know. And I think I've done that quite a bit in recent weeks. But, um, you know, it's, um, it's a choice for murder or for, or for love. And, um, and I realize more than ever before in previous years that I'm making that choice all the time. Um, I could change the choice to the one of love. And that's a very good thing. 
and God is my goal today. God is my goal. The only goal I have today, again, I don't completely feel like I completely understand that, but I feel like I'm learning that as the day goes on, and as the day goes on, I will learn that. And um, it's a real good reading. You guys did really well. And um, and Mindy, you did really well with the lesson. Thank you. Um, I'm complete. Oh, thank oh, you. Ida. Generosity. That was sweet. Ida, that was amazing. Like, you really, I really got, I really got the share. And, um, I'll be quiet, sorry. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And, um, as is his typical fashion, um, he does tend to pull all the ideas in the chapter together and finish with a marvelous crescendo. Um, I'm, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna just straightforwardly share uh, the places that my meditations took me this morning as um, as a teeny tiny little review. The first one was Lesson 26. My attack thoughts are attacking my invulnerability. And and I I appreciated being led there because it answers the question, uh, where is the minefield? Where is the minefield? Um, I am mistaken if I think it's in the world or between me and a brother. It's in my separate thoughts, the thoughts I think apart from God. The minefield is in my mind, that teeny tiny little fragment of mind that my father is asking me to give back. The teeny tiny little part I stole from heaven, give it back. To me, that's what salvation without compromise means. And the second point I was led to was in Lesson 42. Lesson 42, just by way of review. Is God is my source. God is my strength. That's it. God is my strength. Vision is his gift. God is my strength. Vision is his gift. You know, for the longest time, um, I had this dissonance going on, this sense of something's just not quite right here between my view of the world and the way my father sees the world, my view of the world and the way I know Christ sees me. There was something not quite right in that picture. And again, the dissonance or the disconnect, the place where it's just not quite right, are these separate thoughts that I have, that I think I have a separate mind that thinks separate thoughts. And all those separate thoughts um, ultimately boil down to judgment. And judgment actually is an attack. Um, 
That's what salvation without compromise means. But God is my strength. Vision is his gift. And oh, that's such a splendid lesson. Because it, it assures me, your passage, he says, through time and space, is not at random. If I can embrace that idea right there, your passage through time and space is not random, I get a sense of expansiveness uh, way beyond what I can see with my body's eyes or by myself. I am assured in that one sentence, your passage through time and space is not at random. I'm assured in that one sentence that somehow, some way I can't see or understand, everything is perfect right now. What kind of attack thoughts would I want to keep in the light of that understanding? God is my strength. Vision is his gift. The third lesson I was led to was lesson 47. And let me just repeat that one. God is the strength in which I trust. This one's key for me the absolute key. If I am seeing sin, I'm seeing it with my separate mind thoughts. My whole mind can't see it. My whole mind can't see it. My ego mind will always make it real. Sin. Sin is insanity. The ego is insane and the ego will always make it seem real. Forgiveness asks me to look and wait and judge not. Look and wait and judge not. Look and wait and judge not. If I think here as a Lori that I'm going to come up with forgiveness on my own, I'm mistaken. Because Lori will always make the illusion real. But God is my strength. God is my strength. God is the love in which I forgive. God never forgives because he never condemned. But when I share the dream of forgiveness, the dream God's strength gives to me, I, don't, I can't come up with it by myself. If I, if I had to rely on Lori to come up with forgiveness, I would never forgive. It's impossible. It is impossible because to the ego, sin will always be real. That's why forgiveness is God's greatest gift to my mind. It's the greatest gift I can hold and embrace. God is my goal. I'm aligned in purpose with God. God's purpose is to see all holiness, all creation is holy. The idea that there's an opposite to God is a mistake, just a mistake, and the atonement is the correction. I have a mistaken idea, but I can't rid my mind of that because I made it real. But God is my strength. God is the love in which I forgive. I'm eternally blessed as a son of God, and I give the gifts I have received. 
Salvation without compromise, Jess, I was so glad that you touched on that in paragraph 42. To withhold forgiveness is to attack. But God is my strength. I share that purpose with God, that purpose of holiness, that salvation without compromise. The lack of exceptions, he said, is the lesson. And when I stop and think about it, I mean, really stop and think about it. Seriously. Can I ask myself the question honestly and answer it honestly? If it were within my power to cast anyone out of God's mind or heaven, would I do so? Of course I wouldn't. Of course I wouldn't. And so that right there clears this minefield in my mind. The battleground is in my thoughts. It's only in my thoughts. And he gives us so many things. This thought I do not want. This thought I do not want. This thought interferes with what I know to be the truth. That everything God created is holy and it's impossible that anything be without the holiness in which it was created. When my mind is cleared of all these minds, minds in my minefield of my mind, when I allow it to be cleared, God's peace is always there. It just always is. It's only my mistaken ideas. But no one can be in a battle unless he sees himself embattled. And that's my problem. And so I sit, I wait, and I judge not. And the marvelous thing about the strength of God is that it lights up my mind the minute I allow it to. That's the promise in Lesson 47. Another place I was led in my meditations is Lesson 122. Forgiveness offers everything I want. Forgiveness offers everything I want. It's God's gift to me. Lesson 166, you know, we're trotting that barren landscape alone with scuffed up bleeding feet. Suffering, oh, suffering. But there's one thing we forgot. We've been trying to hide from our Christ mind. But his touch upon our shoulder has made us like himself. Now it becomes so much easier because now I have a place in my mind that I can identify with. God's son as he was created. Will I accept his thoughts as mine? Can I accept his love as mine? Can I accept his vision as mine? All of these questions are the same. They ask, will I allow God's forgiveness, God's lack of condemnation, God's restoration of my innocence be the truth of me? And when I can accept atonement for myself, what I'm really saying is, I forgive myself. If I can accept 
my own forgiveness of my own mind I have felt Christ's touch upon my shoulder and recognized and recognized his touch has made me like himself can I accept God's gifts to me today you know in song of prayer in paragraph 7 of song and prayer I'm glad I have it on my desk right now because I want to lift it up I want to lift it up and read this to you true prayer prayer is a way offered by the Holy Spirit to reach God it is not merely a question or an entreaty it cannot succeed until you realize it asks for nothing open my heart let me open my heart let me fling open the windows of my soul and ask for nothing how else could it serve its purpose it's impossible to pray for idols and hope to reach God there's no there's no goal my mind can set and understand all that my father wants to give me so true prayer must avoid the pitfall of asking to entreat you know why because it puts God somewhere else other than deep down in the depths of my being my goal is God and that's exactly where he is in the depths of my being just like that poem so may I ask my father help me help me help me receive what is already given to accept what is already there my goal is God and he stands always begging me to recognize him it is like that good mother always with open arms ready to hold and embrace me and recognize I never left I didn't know I would feel so pleading about this but my only problem are the thoughts in my mind that I entertain by myself and when I recognize I don't need them that my goal is God that I share his purpose of holiness what more do I need what else is there than to be recognized by the Lord of all creation as one of his own there is nothing else I need there is no more except with thoughts in my mind the separate thoughts that I'm habituated into thinking you know we have this habit of looking for sin because of the shadows of the past but at any minute just like in lesson 47 at any second I can walk right out of the past into a perfect now may I accept what's been given God gives me the strength to forgive it's through forgiveness I recognize I'm not an ego it's through acceptance of that gift I remember who I am I'm complete Thank you, Lori. That was great. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank yes, you, Lori. Truly. Thank Beautiful. you so much, Lori. 
Thank you, Lori. Nothing is random. Thank you so much. Well, now I know where that share came from. <laughs> because the um, Holy Spirit told me yesterday that a good place to end this recording today would be in this spot right here. It's uh, in chapter 10 in the section The Inheritance of God's Son. Christ is at God's altar waiting to welcome his son. But come holy without condemnation for otherwise you will believe the door is barred and you cannot enter. The door is not barred and it is impossible for you to be unable to enter the place where God would have you be. That's impossible. But he asked me, love yourself, love yourself, love yourself with the love of Christ, for so does your Father love you. You can refuse to enter, but you cannot bar the door which Christ holds open. Come unto me who holds it open for you. For while I live, it cannot be shut, and I live forever. God is my life and yours. God is my life and yours, and nothing, nothing is denied by God to his Son. Remember that to deny is to refuse to accept, and everything, everything awaits only your acceptance. God is the only goal I have today. Amen. Amen.